Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 33 this morning. The title of my message is, Let the Message Be Heard This Morning. Uh, Starting in verse 24. It says, And a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sowed for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, whosoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whosoever denies me before men, him I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning we thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, we're thankful, God, that on this Mission Sunday that we can come together, Lord, and share your word in this place, Lord, that you've granted unto us, God, to preach the word and also to give praise and worship unto you. And Father, this morning in this time of this sharing the word today, I pray, God, that you would just open our hearts. I pray that you challenge each one of us in this room this morning, God, and also this preacher, God, as this word is shared. I pray for the anointing to share it, God, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to show you a picture of the, the people responding to a crusade when, uh, just here lately, where Doug Eccles is over in, in Pakistan. Now look at those numbers there. We found, heard word from Doug, uh, Doug who comes and does services with us, that they've seen over 100,000 people come to the Lord in this crusade in Pakistan. Over, get that just in a minute, just in your mind, over 100,000 people. When Doug tells you he preaches to a lot of folks, he's not just trying to make you think that he, he's a big time preacher, but I'm going to tell you that's a lot of folks. Over 100,000 coming to the Lord as their Savior. It totally amazes me when I look at something like that. It always amazes me when I see the overseas crusades where people upon thousands of them are coming down weeping and crying and receiving the Lord as their Savior. It touches my heart when such things happen, when someone gets saved. But yet, do you know the Bible says the Lord rejoices over one person that gives their heart to Jesus? And heaven rejoices over one person. Could you imagine how they're doing this? 100,000 plus then I must ask myself, why not in America? 
Why not in the land of the free, a land in the country that we live in, why are not we seeing things such as this? Why are not we seeing these? You know, in our passage, we may find some clues this morning. I want to spend uh, just a few moments here talking about some things that perhaps would be the reason that we're not seeing what they're seeing overseas. The first thing that mentions in our passage of Scripture, it talks about persecution. And so persecution, when we think about persecution, because that's the Lord writing that, that's the Lord speaking it, and part of that passage of Scripture is talking about persecution that comes upon the church. And I want to start out this morning by saying this, persecution is a tool of the enemy. Whether you ever think about it or not, that's what it is. It's a tool of the enemy. It's never been a tool. It's never been God that persecutes. It is the tool of the enemy. And we find this in this scripture about persecution. The Lord's saying they will do this and, and they will put some to death. It talks about persecution. And it even says if they persecuted the master, how much more the household? Talking about the church. If they hated me, they're going to hate you, is what he says in the word. So what is persecution? When we think about persecution this morning, what is persecution? One of the definitions is hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race or political or religious beliefs, is when people persecute you for those type of things. Let me give you some examples this morning of persecution. The crusaders that persecuted the Jews in the name of Jesus. They went in the name of Jesus and they killed the Jews. That doesn't make sense since our Savior is a Jew. The Germans persecuted the Jews out of, out of pure hate. The Romans persecuted the Christians. Lit some on fire because why? They did not like them. The Jews persecuted the Christians. At the beginning of the church, they called us the way. And they also persecuted the apostles and the disciples. Jesus is talking about persecution in this passage of Scripture that is that of, that will happen to a Christian. People, listen, people have persecuted each other for the color of their skins. And that is sad. When we think about the persecution that comes just because your skin color is different than my skin color. But that is human nature. We find it, we see it. It is all common among humans to persecute and to go after somebody just because of certain things. Persecution. So what is the goal of that persecution? Why do people persecute? What is the goal of that persecution? Because I think we find it within this passage of Scripture, and I will be bringing it out here a little bit further in the sermon. But what is that goal of persecution? It is to restrain, control, or even annihilate those people or that person or that particular party or whoever that group is. It is to restrain them, control them, and maybe even annihilate them. In other words, for them not to be able to live life normal with no persecution at all. There is a goal to persecution. And I think we ought to understand that this morning. 
Listen, in Acts 4 verses 18, it talks about this. And so they called them, talking about the disciples, and it's talking about the Pharisees and the the leaders of of Jerusalem at that particular time. They called the disciples in and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Would you agree with me this morning? That one verse explains what persecution is about. They brought these guys that were preaching Jesus. They'd seen a miraculous thing happen, and they brought them in their prayer. And they said, we're going to tell you this much. They've already got on to them and persecuted them. And now we want you to shut up. That is control. They want to control. They thought by doing this, they they could control them. Persecution is there to restrain, control, or even annihilate those that are persecuted. When we think about how it is in the Bible... The whole event was for that purpose. We find out later in Scripture where Saul, he persecuted the church. And the church literally scattered because of the persecution. And the reason they were persecuted is because of the message of Jesus Christ that they were preaching. And what Christ was and who He is. The Jewish leaders also as I mentioned earlier, took Jesus to the cross of Calvary and they persecuted Him all the way up to the cross of Calvary thinking that if He was dead, they could control the narrative from here on out. How many know that's not what God had in plan? And we're results of that right now. But when you think about persecution, this is literally the purpose of it is to control or to restrain that people or that group of people or that person or that Even the move of God in the church is to control what we say and what we do. So when we think about that just for a moment, I want to ask you another question. Are Christians being persecuted in America? William Wolfe wrote this. He wrote an article titled, Yes, Christians are being persecuted in America in the Christian Post. He wrote this back in July 18, 2022. Now, when I typed that, I almost said July 18, 1822, but it was 2022. So it hadn't been that long ago, but he wrote this article about, and the question is, are Christians being persecuted in America? And see, sometimes we think persecution is when someone stones us or someone puts us to death. Surely those are persecutions also. But let me tell you, persecution has more definition than those things. And when we look at what's happening today, listen to what he says later. He says this in this article. He starts it by saying, despite what some may claim, Christians are being persecuted in America. That might be hard to hear, but it's true. Even though the United States is arguably the freest nation on the planet and offers the First Amendment protection, Christians still face already an increase in persecution here between our shining seas. And if you keep your eyes open, watch the news, you'll see this stuff taking place that truly we are being persecuted in America today. And then later down in the the article, he writes this. He says, what counts as persecution? 
Any number of different things. It could be slander and mocked for your faith or even passed over for a promotion at your consulting firm because you refused to fly the pride uh, flag from your cup holder during June. It's, it's anything and everything from suffering and being putting on a social blacklist to getting put on trains and even to death camps. Persecution is a lot broader scope than what we realize. And my friend today, I think it's time that we understand that the church is being persecuted in America and it's been going on for quite a few decades now. And it's time that we wake up to that very fact that there isn't an agenda out there. And there isn't an agenda and there's a group that does persecute the gospel of Jesus Christ. That group. Where? In the land of the free and the brave. Isn't it interesting that the freedom of speech applies to everybody but Christians? When we find it. He says later on this, Christians would do well to recover a robust understanding of this and prepare for it. The things that are happening today. See, this has been going on for decades. Prayer out of school, no Bible allowed. And most, most campuses will not even let our youth pastor get on it. But they'll let others. Laws have been made to quieten the church. If we say certain things, we're haters. If we stand up for what the Bible says, we are called hate crimes. If we speak the truth, Things and, and they've got laws that are in place now to keep us silent and there's nothing more than persecution when you get right down to it. And some of the laws that are made challenges our very mission that God has given us. And that's interesting since this is a, supposedly a Christian nation. We are seeing... It's no different than the days of Daniel's when all the, the people, the leaders got together and they went to the king and says, King, make, a, make a, a law that nobody is to pray unto you except for you. For th or no, nobody's supposed to pray unto you for 30 days. And they knew exactly, listen, they knew exactly Daniel's habit. He, they knew he prayed three times a day. And so they said, let's make a law that's going to come against Daniel's freedom. And let's make a law that it will catch him in his trap. I'm telling you today that there's many things. And we know what Daniel did. Daniel went to his, his apartment, high rise or wherever he was living. I'm not for sure exactly where Daniel was living. But he opened his window up and he sat down, he got down on his knees and he prayed toward Jerusalem. They knew without a doubt that it was getting that he would be caught for that. And they threw him in the lion's den later. I'm going to tell you today, folks, there are things that are being made in our nation today that they know the church will not put up with it. They know it goes against what we do. They know it goes against what we believe. They know that is not of the Bible. Is it by accident? No. Listen. Joseph Kennedy lost his job as a high school football coach because he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet prayer to the Lord. If you haven't read that story, Google it. Just because he wanted to say a quiet prayer, he didn't say, give me the microphone. He just knelt to himself and prayed. There's a thing called jamming by one group of people. 
And if you say anything against their group, they're going to they jam up and they call you a bias. They call you a hater. They call you all kinds of things because you are not agreeing with their lifestyle. This is all where? This is in America. This is where we live. Well, let me ask you this this morning. Has persecution, has persecution been effective on the church of America? Has this whole thing, remember persecution is of the enemy, has it been effective on the church in America today? Remember, we started out with that big old scene of hundreds of thousands coming to the Lord. Has it been effective in America today? I would say yes, and some of you are saying yes this morning. Yes, it has. It has caused our message to become soft. Come on, we water down. I don't, but there a lot of us water down what we say. The preachers water down a lot of things of what they say today because they are in fear that it's going to cost them and that they will be put in jail or whatever it may be. There's a lot of watering down. Our message is soft. We take words out because we don't want to be offensive when we say things. We're growing congregation with men's way instead of growing with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is offensive to some people, but it is powerful to others that come under the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying today it has been effective in the church today because we have changed the things. We are quite. In one way, it has made us to turn inward instead of outward. Come on, an inward. I'm going to tell you something about an inward church will always die. When we're all about us and never about those that need Jesus, then we've got issues. And many of that will have an effect on us. It has caused our, to us to change our evangelistic strategies. I, I looked at Doug Eccles, I mean that, that picture. You know what he's in? He's in a nation that that is not allowed. They don't like Christians there. And he's standing out proclaiming what he's heard in secret. It's changed the way even our denomination does things. I'm going to say, has it been effective? Yes, it has. You know, sometimes we don't trust the Word of God for what it is. The Word of God is powerful. It changes people's lives. It's changed your life. If you have a relationship with God, it has made you a new creation. It's the Word that brought life into you. And so the Word, has it affected us? Yes, it has. We have compromised on many levels. And there are those that are still bold enough every now and then, but most of of them are judged as being radical by who? The church. Being radical by the church because they still believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are taught we need to build relationships. I get that whole idea. But when in that relationship is it not time to go ahead and share Jesus? Take a chance. Amen? Take a chance and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today that we have lost generations because of our silence? We've lost generations because we have allowed persecution to make us quiet. Don't say that at the workplace. Don't mention his name in the school. 
Come on, when you pray, just pray to God. Don't use the name of Jesus. Come on, the last time I heard it, Jesus says we come unto the Father through Him. And anything you ask in His name, whose name? Jesus' name. We have been told that we can't do this and we can't do that. And in some way, we have just really just went ahead and done what they've asked us to do. Persecution has caused that. I'm going to tell you, persecution can cause you to be beaten down. And it can cause you to watch what you do. And it can cause you to keep from doing what you know what you need to do. Come on, has there ever been a breakthrough for anybody when they said, I'm done with your persecution me. I'm going forth with what God's told me to do. And then you see mighty men and women of God. That's where we're at today. Has it been affected? I say yes. As a preacher, I say persecution against the church has been effective in this country that we live in. I know this is not a shouting message, but I'm going to tell you, we need to hear it. Amen. We need to hear it this morning because we have a job to do. Right. We have something to do for the kingdom of God, and we can't do it if we're going to be quiet. Because what I said earlier in the word, it, it speaks this, that faith cometh by hearing. If we're, not going to, if we're not going to speak it, then faith is hard to be attained. But we've lost generations. Judges chapter 2 verses 10 and 12 says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor their work which he had done for Israel. Then the Lord of Israel did, uh, the, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Let me tell you something. What was been spoke there is when they came into the promised land and the Bible says Joshua and all them served God. But when all them died off, there was a generation that raised up, that was raised up that did not know the Lord. Can I tell you what that was? That was a failure to teach the next generation. That was a failure of preaching the gospel. It was a, a failure of sharing who God is, how God brought them out of Egypt. Remember, he told them to tell that story to every generation. He told them, when you eat, you talk about me. And when you, when you sit down, you talk about me. Somewhere in that mist, the people got quiet and a generation was lost. Is that happening in America today? Yes it is. Why? Because we have become quiet as a church. We have been quietened because of persecution. We've let what they say against us control what we'll say. I'm saying we have lost generations today Amen. in this country. I want to show you a video right quick. Is all that matters tonight is where you stand before God. Shut up! Before it's too late. Shut it! We can all be saved Shut tonight. Up. And I pray that you turn and repent before Did it's too late. Turn me. from your sin. Blah, 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 blah. What is sin? Blah, 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 well, God gave his commandments blah, blah, blah. so that we could see our sin. Stop talking. No one listens. And see, because of our sin, Shut it. that we need to turn to God. Potholes should be quiet. We need to turn to God before it's too late, just like the rich man. The rich man didn't turn to God, and it was too late for him when he stood before God in heaven. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Don't think that your own good works will get you to heaven. Nothing will get us to heaven but Jesus Christ. Jesus. Generations. I've seen that video and it broke my heart to see such a little girl sitting there with such a biased opinion about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you study, you're going, 2014, it's just much worse now. 
But let me tell you, if you go and, and you check out a little bit of the video, the preacher said, the preacher wasn't filming that. Someone else in the, in the, out there listening was filming it. But he says all the time that that little girl was addressing him like she was as the mom and dad were over there laughing at this little kid. When we talk about generations, I don't think the church realizes what's happened in our country. I don't think we understand that the work that we've got to do it, we cannot be done anymore by being silent. It can't be done anymore by the persecution that's caused us to watch what we say and, and the softness of our messages. There, there's got to be something that breaks open in the church today that's going to change the way that we address this country that we live in. Because of generations such as that, I hope that little girl someday will hear the message of gospel in a receptive way and not break open the gates of hell like she's bound for right now, but she will go into the glory of heaven. I'm saying today that we have failed. Because that is, my friend, because we have been quiet, we've allowed persecution to affect the church. This is what we have found today, is that we live in a nation that is barely called a Christian nation anymore. We live in a nation today that there's more bias against godly people, bias against the church, among that we have a work to do. Because we've allowed to, ourselves to be quietened. And we think that we're just hitting home runs because we're building congregations in the man's precepts and man's ways. But I'm going to tell you, I would be surprised if many people make it to heaven that are in many congregations today. This is where we're at. This is where our country is. I don't know about you, but I wanted to go and spank that little girl. What I'm saying today is that that's where we're at. When we talk about persecution, persecution, if, if it's meant, if it does what it's meant to do, it will quieten those who they persecute. Amen. It will control those who they persecute. It will even annihilate if possible. Is that true? Yeah, go, go to Europe. There's vacant church buildings after one right after the other. Why? Because of persecution that was in that country. What's the answer? What's the answer this morning? Jesus gives it to us in this passage also. Preach the word when faced with persecution. Listen to what he says. He didn't deny persecution was coming. He says preach the word. He says don't let persecution make you quiet. He says, expect persecution, but fear not. Expect persecution, but reject fear. Just as much as Jesus was persecuted, we will also be persecuted. But because we are of His house, and we need to quit whining about it. We need to quit whining that they're not accepting us no more. We need to quit whining about things that are being said against the church today. And we need to understand the purpose of persecution. It is to make this preacher shut up and it's to make the church be quiet. Persecution does have a purpose. And when the purpose is fulfilled, then the message can't come out. Persecution. Matthew 10, 26, read, listen to what he says. Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden will not be known. 
Verse 28, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy soul and body. Can I tell you, when fear gets in, it neutralizes you. When fear gets into a person, it neutralizes us from doing what God would have us to do. I've been scared before. How many of you ever? I, I used to be fearful to take the trash out at night. Because there was some, I'm sure my older brother told me this. I don't know. Somebody was waiting for you. My little brother was so fearful that he'd just throw it over in the backyard of the neighbor. And she called him one day or called mom one day, could you please tell your boy to quit throwing their trash in our backyard? But I'm saying fear neutralizes and we get fearful. Fear is something that you're afraid is going to happen to you. But Jesus says, fear not. Why? He says, persecution's coming, but fear not. Don't let it get in you. Don't let it get you to where you're neutralized and not doing what I want you to do. Don't let fear overcome you. Folks, it's time that we understand it. God is the one we are to fear, it says in that passage of Scripture. And He is the one that we serve, and it's His purpose that we serve. Not ours, but His purpose. See, we need to let the message be heard. We need to let the message be heard. It says, whatever I tell you in the dark. Who? He's talking about whatever I tell you in the dark. Jesus, whatever I whisper to you in dark, or whatever I put in your ear, he says, I want you to shout it from the housetop. I want you to speak it from the housetop. Now, many of you, that doesn't mean you need to get in your neighborhood and get on the house and start having a message. But back there in those days, there's many things that met. They met up on the housetop and they'd have a conversation or whatever it may be. I thought about when, during COVID, wouldn't it have been cool if I just preached off the flat roof out here? Then I thought, how can I get up there and I may fall off the way I preach. And, but but he, he's more or less speaking this about us. Listen to what he's saying. I think it's time we get a hold of it. If we want our nation to change, if we want our families to change, if we want our country to change, if we want people's lives to change, we're going to have to preach the gospel. We're going to have to share what he's sharing in our ear. We're going to have to speak it because there's power in the word of God. I think of Stephen being stoned in Acts. He's sitting there preaching the gospel. And yet, why? Because the Lord had whispered something in his ear. And he was shouting, he was proclaiming what the Lord had whispered and he preached it. Could you imagine the first stone that hit him? He said, oh, that hurt. But God told me. And another stone, he says, but you crucified. And another stone, but you done this. And he was preaching it even though he was being stoned. What? What he had heard in his ear, he shouted it. And it cost him his life. But guess what? Jesus stood up in heaven and says, oh my word, what a wonderful preacher. That's where we got to be, church. We got to be that point that we have that boldness and we have to have that, that saying, I, don't, I hear what you're saying, but hear what I've got to say. Because we have been quietened. It's that moment. Mario Morello. How many of you know Mario Morello or have heard of him, Morello? I don't know him personally, but God whispered something in his ear. 
God whispered something in his ear. And it's, we got to have crusades again. You know what the difference between a crusade and a revival? Revival is for God's people. That's to bring you back to something that you've lost. It's to stir you up like we had. I bring revival speakers in. Why? To help us get stirred up back in our faith and our walk with God. A crusade is meant for those that are lost. And, the, and, and, and God whispered in his ear, we've got to start having crusades again. And so he grabbed him an old tent and, and they put that tent up and the tent is packed up. Where? In America today, people are lined out hours before the tent service starts and their people are getting saved people are getting healed miraculous things are taking place why because he decided God whispered in his ear and he decided to shout it from the mountaintop you know where he started at he started in one of the most liberal states there is called California and I, I want to tell you today oh you think I think I'll start in Texas or something like that where people are a little more receiving of the, the gospel but God says started in California and he has seen miraculous and many people go and come to the Lord where? In a nation that has forgotten a generation. God has not forgotten them. And he says they still need the preaching. They need, still need the word of God so that they may have faith to come into a relationship with God. Amen. He heard it in his ear and he proclaimed it because God whispered it. Come on, I think it's time. Listen, I think it's time the church revisits a couple of scriptures. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We got to quit being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. The second one is Matthew 28.18 You've heard it many times. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe things that I have commanded you. And I will be, listen to what he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you know who said what he said? He says, Amen. So be it. That's what amen means. When you amen, you say, so be it. You shouldn't amen when it's not right. God, take my life. Amen. Shouldn't say that. But Jesus said, amen. Let it be. Let it be the church's mission. And he says, I'm going to be with you in all this. When opposition comes, when persecution comes, guess what he says? I'm there with you. Have you not noticed that? We shouldn't say, oh, I hear what they're saying. I better do what the law says. I'm going to tell you, there comes a time when Peter and John told them, do we obey you or do we obey God? When it comes to the word. It's time the church obeys God. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And I'm about done, so. Here's what needs to happen. Remember, the, person, the, the purpose of persecution is to restrain, control, and even annihilate if it can. But here's what happened in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was concentrating or consenting to his death at the time of a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the reigns of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And in 8.4 it says this, And therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Preaching the word. 
See, it's time in America, it's time in, in the church for America to wake up and understand that persecution can have two effects. It can cause us to be quiet or it can cause us to prosper. It can cause even the church to grow. Paul thought, boy, if I just, Saul thought, if I can just persecute all of them. He put some of them to death and all that. And so some scattered except for the apostles. And all of a sudden they leave out and they're preaching the word everywhere. You know what happened to the church? The church grew in the midst of persecution. You personally can grow in the midst of persecution. The church in America can grow if we will but stand up. Listen to what the Lord said. What I speak in your ears, proclaim it from the housetop. What's He saying? He says, preach the Word. Preach the Word. When? In the midst of persecution. Preach the Word. If the government got a problem with you, preach the Word. If someone's got a problem with you, preach the Word. Hallelujah. The Word of God is going to change our nation. Nothing else. It's not going to be more welfare checks. It's not going to be less taxes. Only Jesus can change this mess that we got in this world. Only Jesus can change our country by preaching the Word of God. Preach the Word. I believe it's time. I respect men like Billy Graham that stood up there and preached the simple message, Jesus saves. And we look at him, we think he never had problems. He's just on that platform preaching. But I'm gonna, I'll just imagine he was challenged many times. You know what he did? Preach the word. Preach the word. That's what Jesus tells us to do in persecution. Come on, we may get a little stint in jail or whatever it may be. Preach the word. Maybe you're called to prison ministry. <laughs> Preach the word. God never tells us to be quiet. Unless we're gossiping. But he tells us to speak the word. What's the word? He, this message that came, Jesus saves. Preach the word of God. Preach the Word of God. Jesus can bring you out of that sinful life. Pastor Oliver, where are you at? Come on down, Pastor Oliver. It's the Word of God that changes people's lives. You know what people don't like? You know what? Those that are not living the Word of God, those that are literally living in sin, they don't like this. Why? Because it speaks against what they're doing. And even further, I've, I've talked to many people say, I don't have a problem with God. But it's Jesus that gets them all ruffled up. Why? Because there is no other way to, to heaven, no other way to the Father other than through the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You may say you know God, but if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to meet God until the great white throne judgment. It's the Word of God that we are told to preach. My friend, we need to trust God. We talked a little bit about my Sunday school lesson this morning about trusting God. Abraham, didn't, Abraham and Sarah didn't trust God to bring a kid and then they had one by the flesh called Ishmael and now we've got a lot of issues. But trusting God with it. Trusting God. Come on. I don't know what Stephen was thinking. I don't know. He, maybe he had that moment of thinking, should I, should I tell them exactly what God's put on my heart? Should I tell them what I've heard in my ear of what the Lord has spoke to me? Or should I just be quiet? 
Daniel, he, or Daniel could have could have said, "Okay, just thirty days. I'll just pray. All I got to do is close my window. Nobody will see me. I'll just pray. God will understand. And in thirty days, I'll open." You know what? Though he didn't do that. We got to trust God with the message. The most powerful thing. Listen. I have preached a lot of messages, and y'all have heard uh, quite a few messages in the last 15 years that I've been here. But the most powerful message that I have found in my life that I've ever preached or ever shared is that Jesus Christ saves. There's something about that that I don't have to study about, but when I start to share Jesus, Marcy, the, the anointing of God comes through that message. It's a powerful thing. And why is the anointing important? Because God knows exactly where that person is inside, and that anointing does not just fill on me, but it starts to mess with them also. Jesus saves. That anointing of God. It's that powerful message. It's the message that missionaries have spoke up. We, were, we couldn't preach the word. We got arrested. And then Jesus went and saved the leader of that country. And now it is broke open for Jesus Christ. I'm saying the word of God. And we need to understand how powerful it is. You have people in your life that you need to share Jesus with. You've had your relationship long enough. It's time to present the bread of life. But pastor, I don't, I don't know how to do that. It's very simple. Just tell them what Jesus did. I've gave you a little short version in between preaching. Jesus died. He came. The Bible says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God because we've all sinned. Amen. But he came that we may have life. Life more abundantly. Thief come to kill and steal and destroy. Come on, there's all ways to, all different ways. But my friend, we can't, start, we can't quit preaching. Because I've read, I've read this many times. And our mission is to share, to preach, to share Jesus. Our mission is to share the light, the truth. Hallelujah. Because see, it's the truth. What truth? The truth is what sets you free. What is the truth? That Jesus died for you. The truth is this, that you were born a sinner. The truth is that there's truth. When you accept the truth, who Jesus Christ, then the truth sets you free. That, that scripture is so used so many times in, in, in so many ways that it shouldn't be. It talks about the truth of Jesus Christ will set you free because we're all bound. What are you hearing in your ear this morning? Pastor, you need to quit. No, that's not what it is. That is not of the Lord. What are you hearing the Lord say? What do you hear that moment that you're in Walmart and somebody says, in the ear, share Jesus, Amanda. Share Jesus. What's he saying? I know it's not, it's not proper, but he says, when I give you something, you need to get on the housetop and you need to share it. Come on, church, it's time we wake up. It's time we understand that we are here with the mission and that we are here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's all kinds of opportunities. There's all kinds of compassion ministries. But if the compassion ministries never listen to what God says in their ears, you have not done anything. You have done nothing but feed people. The bread of life that will last is Jesus Christ. The drink that they can drink of that they'll never thirst again is Jesus. Come on, you can feed somebody uh, one week and the next week they're hungry again, but Jesus will sustain them for eternity. That's the word we must preach. 
Pastor, it's not popular. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you, we need to be popular to the Lord and what He says. It's time the church wakes up. Because I don't think we realize what's been happening to us. Have you ever had one of those weeks? Man, time flies. Where everything just seems to go wrong. You just feel down, Kylie. You just, you just, and then all of a sudden it dawns on you. It's been the enemy attacking you all week. You know, he didn't come up to you and say, Hey, Pat, I'm going to bother you all week until Thursday until you proclaim Jesus over it. He don't tell you that. And then all of a sudden you say, I submit myself therefore unto the Lord God. Satan, I resist you, now flee. And all of a sudden that just lifts up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on, it's time. Listen, the enemy has been using his tools to persecute the church. It's time that we wake up and realize God never told us to be quiet. Let the message be heard. Come on, let the message be heard. It may be one-on-one with you. I doubt if I ever get to preach to thousands like Doug's preaching to. But let me be faithful when God puts it in my ear to share it with that one person or that other person. Every head bowed just for a moment. I'm out of time. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord as your Savior. I'm going to tell you, He died for you. You say, well, I... I'm, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit on me right now and I'm, I'm wanting to do something about that. I want to give you an opportunity because I don't want to preach this and, and let you walk out of here without having a relationship with Christ because I want, to, I want to let the message be heard. Jesus died for you. Even though you're a sinner, He came to make you a son or a daughter of God. He gave His life for you and if you will but just accept Him this morning, you'll walk out of this place knowing that you have a new family. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I want to receive the Lord. Would you raise your hand this morning? Anybody would say that this morning. I want to get right with God. Anybody, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I, I've done this many years ago, and, and believe me, it's been the best thing I've ever done with my life. Anybody this morning? My second plea to you, if you're going to be willing to hear what God says in your ear, I'm saying listen to Him, what He says. You'll be willing to let that message come out. Would you just raise your hand this morning and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm going to be willing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, would you stand with me this morning, folks? Lord, this morning we thank you. God, we realize, God, just by looking at a little bit of persecution, what it's done in this country, what it's done in our church, God, Oftentimes we see a group of people, God, persecuted, and we see it so clearly. But God, open our eyes to what's been taking place against the church. And Lord, let it not be what they want it to be, God. Let it not be what the enemy brings it into our life for. But God, may it bring the fruits and the results that you would have it to bring. And Lord, may we trust you more than our own emotions. May we trust you more than fear. May we trust you to let the message be heard in our lives, God. When you speak something into our ear, may you, Lord, anoint us, God. And may we hear your word. And Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for each person here this morning. God, we just pray a blessing over them throughout this day, throughout the week. 
may you receive the praise and the glory of their life.